In this episode, I share with Jason the general problems that can be found in a niche, the areas of business that usually require problem-solving assistance, and how I go about solving the problems of my tribe in my niche. You're listening to Digital Bacon FM. DJ Monksa, DJ Tamisha. Ooh, and we have music playing. Roger Sanchez still in the background. We've got to get rid of him because we have the one, the only, the legend, Mr. Stephen Barnes. Good morning, sir. Hello, hello, hi, good morning. For some reason, my autoplay kicked in there, but I managed to save the day. How are you doing, sir? Well, yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I'm... uh... All fired up for our conversation. I look forward to uh, the session that we have every week. Excellent. We have the trifecta, as it's known. We have electricity, we have telecoms, and we managed to get together at the same time. It's like a miracle. I should go and buy a lotto ticket. You must be living in South Africa, am I right? <laughs> Unbelievable load shedding, my friend. Every three to four hours, the power goes off for two and a half hours. Welcome. Yeah, they'll fix it. It's just the way it is. Well, I mean, they've clearly got problems. And today we're going to talk about solving problems <laughs> uh, as part and parcel of the answer questions and help solve problems motif that we uh, left off with last week. We were on um, module six, chapter 22, I think it is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Chapter 22, uh, building monopoly. Um, from our material monopoly planner. Um, yeah, just to recap, we're moving from an industrial economy to a connection economy. Uh, that means that uh, modern business models are, are up for renewal, and uh, we've kind of devised one that uh, involves answering people's questions and helping solve their problems using high-quality content and then selling ultimately peace of mind. Um, and uh, then the question today is... Uh, uh, what is, you know, when you position yourself to solve problems, what's that really all about? Mm. Okay. Hit me with, yeah. hit me with your prob- problem solving skills. Well, okay. So when you get right down to it, you know, business is all about solving problems, right? Mm-hmm. When you were running your marketing business in, uh, Hong Kong, mm. what, uh, what, what principally were you doing every day? Hmm. I would, I would say perhaps not uh, problems in a way that somebody thinks there's wrong, but it's about generating business and not enough business is a problem in itself. So I suppose exactly. marketing is a way to do that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And so um, because business is about solving problems, what it means is you need to know what the problem is because mm. if you can't put your problem on, you can't put your finger on the problem, then you can't solve it. And the reason why I raise this is because so many people think that what they are doing is uh, providing a particular sort of outcome, for example, um, when in actual fact, from the customer's perspective, what is really going on is there's a solution to a problem that they've got. You know, it's a job to be done that's being got done, so to speak. Mm. So that then sort of begs the question, if, you know, you need to have a proposition around answering questions and solving problems. Generally speaking, what kind of problems do we find? So when I asked you about what problem you were solving for, uh, sorry, in your marketing business, you were solving the problem ultimately of finding new customers, right? Yep. 
So uh, when you do that sort of thinking about problem solving generally stated, uh, what sort of problems are generally found? Well, there's finding new customers like you used to do, that you used to help solve that problem, I should say. There's a um, problem of keeping existing customers. There's uh, problems of selling more to existing customers. And, you know, each of these sort of dynamics associated with the relationships you've got with your customers, finding them, keeping them, selling more to them, mm -hmm. uh, they all kind of require different approaches to solving the problem, right? Depending what business you're in, depending what stage of the uh, sort of sales process you're in, what the nature of your relationship is with them, what kind of competition you're facing, and, you know, all kinds of external forces that um, sort of impact on how you ultimately construct your problem-solving proposition. Mm. Um, but, you know, there are these three particular things about new customers that are problems that need to be solved, and and, and each different way of solving those problems represents, the, you know, the possibility of a new proposition that is dedicated specifically to solving a particular problem in a particular way, potentially, you know, to the exclusion of everything else being so niched down that you just do one thing and you do it completely better than anybody else. And so you're the go-to place on the internet for solving that problem, the, that, whatever that problem may be. Uh, so, yeah, please carry can, on, yeah. Can people, business owners in particular, generally articulate what their problems are? Any problems are? What problems? What problems, what problems need to be they solved? Are selling solutions to. No, no, no. If you're a, if you're a business owner, you're a, you're you're a business owner who provides solutions to other people's problems. Now, if I'm other yeah. people and I have a business, how many business owners don't actually understand the problems that they have, or or or, or have an inability to articulate them? You mean the customer? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I think most customers know what problems they've got because they feel the pain of it, right? Mm. And because of it's that pain that they need to get rid of, there's, there's a, an itch to be scratched, there's a job to be done. Mm. Um, and it's, it's getting that job done that's the problem. So I think customers don't really, you know, struggle with trying to understand what their real problem is. I think they may not understand why they've got the problem, and they may not be able to properly conceive what the ultimate solution might look like because it may be the very first time they've encountered this scenario. Mm. But uh, they certainly, I suspect, feel you know the pain enough for that problem needing to be solved, and hence they go off and look for someone like you to help them solve it. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So then, um, you know, other areas of problem solving, um, uh, helping businesses or others reduce costs, uh, reduce customer complaints. Um, improving efficiency and sort of decreasing time to market. Um, these are all sort of problems that exist in most any business that uh, exists really. Uh, and the business that uh, exists over time will change and evolve over time. Um, and with the evolution will come the you know, manifestation of new problems to be solved that might um just be a bridge too far for the existing skill set of the business owner to solve that problem within you know the realm of knowledge they've reached the edge of their own competency and they don't know how to go sort of to the next step and a good example of that is the monopoly planner material itself because you know we sell the monopoly planner um product it's designed for a, a wide variety of different people that will get benefit from it 
but we know that there is the problem for one particular segment of our uh, market uh, t- market segment and and that is like uh, sort of business owners maybe in their late 30s early 40s or even sort of gray hairs like me that have gone have been always very good at what they do and gained a good reputation over time but they've operated and uh, historically in the industrial economy business model and you know as time moves on they're generally being outflanked by uh, you know this thing called technology and uh, a new ways of sort of uh, approaching possible solutions to you know the um, problem that you solve. Uh, so the question is, you know, if you're uh, in a particularly middle-aged business owner bracket and you feel like you've been left behind because technology is moving so fast and you don't know where to begin to start to understand how the modern internet really works, so that you can devise an intelligent content marketing type sort of approach to your business going forward uh, because you don't have the wherewithal to pull all that together yourself and, and, and understand all of that stuff and because it's not articulated out there in the internet by anybody else in any other way for it to be sort of slapping you around the face then you will go and uh, earnestly pay two and a half thousand US dollars to access the kind of know-how that we um, possess that we can uh, deliver real value to them as they think about shifting from, um, you know, the industrial economy way of operating to the connection economy way of operating. So, you know, the problem that's being solved there is this essential lack of knowledge and understanding about how you can get from A to B. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, that's ultimately what people will will sort of pay for if it uh, looks like it's a clear solution to the problem that they've got. But there's an example of, you know, how that stuff works in practice. Hmm. Okay. Now, we, we we spoke a little bit last week about giving things away for free, and you give a free handbook. Now, I um, I was looking for some information on calisthenics, or okay, I don't know, I never know how to say that bloody word. Um, but anyway, sort of fitness training and strength training. And I found this school where they teach you how to do it online. It's actually located in England, and they... Um, yeah, it looks it looks pretty good. And they say, you know, give us your email and we'll send you a beginner's guide to doing it with exercises, yada, yada, yada. So I thought, I'll go and then I'll have a look. So I signed up and they sent me the book. And there was bugger all in the book. It was, you know, you'll learn to do this and this and this when you go to the classes. And then if you want to be able to do this, this and this, you'll be able to learn how to do it when you join the classes. So basically, they give you a book that's really just promotional material to drive you back to the website to sign up and pay, which I found Bait and switch. I found it very irritating because I thought, okay, well, if they give me something that I can actually see if this is what I'd like to do, because their website was pretty professional, I thought it was quite good. I thought, well, maybe I let me just whet my appetite with some of it, see if I can do it. But there was absolutely nothing in there. And I, yeah. I, I walked away from it thinking, well, actually, I despise you a little bit more than I did before. Rather, don't give me anything. Give me a few free videos saying, would you like to be able to do this? Sign up and we'll teach you how. That would have been fine for me. Well, it's pure bait and switch, right, Jason? And, you know, the Internet is awash with this stuff. Um, and just because the internet is awash with it doesn't mean that it's actually, you know, a good thing to do or it's an efficient way to promote your business. 
Um, and, you know, if you're going to create a relationship with somebody, it's, that relationship's got to be based on generosity, goodwill. It's got to be based on trust. Mm. So what kind of, you know, start out to the relationship are you um, uh, giving the, the relationship when, you know, it's the, the, you're deploying bait and switch tactics. And so what they're prepared to do is essentially operate a, a seemingly scorched earth policy. So they'll 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 sort of blanket the internet to the to the extent that they can afford to do so, and hope that they catch the interest of you know the, the parties that are interested in the subject matter, uh, and then hope that those parties that click on their links are sufficiently intrigued by the free proposition to get them where they need to go that they'll actually you know impart with an email address and then you can deliver something to them. Um, it's mind-boggling that you know you do you do all of that. You get to the point where you can actually create a relationship and start to deliver value, and then then what you do you you basically stick two fingers in their eye and say, well, you know, this is what you're going to get if you if you stump up with your dough. How stupid is that? So not only does that tell me that you know they're operating stupid bait and switch tactics, but it tells me that they gen- genuinely don't understand how the internet works, because why would you invest all so much money in getting, you know, a very, very wide, potential wide audience to the point where they're, 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 they're about to sort of request some value from you and invest it, you know, into your proposition at one level or another, mm. where you then turn around and basically, you know, throw a, uh, throw a smoke, um, a smoke grenade in the room and, uh, and close the door and say, well, ha ha. Yeah, now I've got you. That's stupid. Mm. You know, they could have they could have delivered their proposition. They could have delivered, say if it's a video series of 10, they could have delivered the first three videos to you completely free and give you an experience of, you know, a taste of what the experience would be like that you were paying for, you know, mm. so after after you get the first three and, and engage you and, and, you know, and give 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 your all your best stuff in those first three videos, right? And then sure. if your stuff in the next three are not quite as good, but you're still delivering value, you know, at least you've done it in a way that uh, you're maximizing the efficiency endeavors that you've put into your initiatives. Mm. But yeah, most people, even, even you know, I guess those guys that did that are, you, you, would, you would imagine that they're sort of internet savvy entrepreneurs at one level or another, right? Um, uh, so if that's the best that that generation can can put out, then you know if you've got access to the material that we're giving away on our uh, on our uh, monopoly, sorry, the intelligent content marketing website, and then through these uh, discussions that you and I are having and all the monopoly planner material, you can you can truly understand what this thing's really all about, and you can you can run rings around all these other sort of you know players in the internet space who, who really think that they know how it all operates. Mm. I mean, they, they obviously spent a little bit of money doing this. It's about 20 pages, like one of those PowerPoint things. They're obviously their own uh, staff or, or team that are doing it because the photographs are, um, you know, it's not, it's not stock photography. Um, but what a waste of time and effort. Well, did you click on a sponsored link? No. How did you, how did you get to them then? Uh, Google I Google searched it, yeah. Yeah, and was it a uh, an organic uh, result or was it a paid result that you clicked? Uh, organic. It was an organic one. Okay. Mm. So assuming that they were uh, spending money on trying to acquire customers, uh, then you know it just goes to show the foolhardy nature of the approach that they've adopted. Because not only have they gone to all that effort and energy to get the customer to click that link that gets you to deliver the book, uh, but they were also paid for that privilege too. Mm. Oh well, 
we learn. But these are these okay. are these are the fascinating mm-hmm. things that we learn chatting to you about how to and how not to engage with clients online. Well, right, yeah. So you know, other problems that uh, you know can be uh, can be said to be problems that that, that that might need a solution that you can sell. Um, improving morale, uh, obviously, developing new products. Um, how to exit a market that you're in uh, and how to close down business units uh, and also obviously sort of jobs to be done and jobs to be done encompass sort of, of, of sort of everything. But, you know, the key takeaway from all of this is that you need to understand exactly what problem it is that, you know, you exist to solve uh, and ensure that there is a real problem there that, you know, is, is in search of a solution and that the uh, knowledge and know-how and the, capabilities that you represent to solve that problem can be configured and articulated in such a way as to represent sort of, you know, the disaggregation and reaggregation of, of new service value in the connection economy um, and, and uh, have an internet proposition around it based on, as we've done, you know, high quality content that demystifies the whole process for people and gives them the information they need to make informed decisions about the particular problem that they've got. Um, you get all that lined up, and uh, you know you've you, you've you've nailed the whole issue of uh, of solving problems. Hmm. Interesting. Um, now, you, in in your particular niche, you solve a problem. Once that problem's solved, it it's normally time limited. In in if it's a one year visa or two year visa, or you have things like I've met a girlfriend, or I'm getting married, my wife needs to come, she needs a visa. Um, do the problems arise while somebody has a visa, for example? Problems arise when circumstances change hmm. or where um, or misfortune hits somebody. So, so for example, when circumstances change, um, you come to Hong Kong as a single man, you get an employment visa because you know, you're here to work. Uh, two years later, You've met a lovely, uh, a lovely lady who also needs a visa to live in Hong Kong, mm. um, and you decide that your loving, committed life partner relationship will eventually lead to legal marriage. So off you go, and you get married. So uh, the problem that's being solved there, that's arised sort of, you know, over time, is as a result of circumstances changing, is the need for, you know, a, a man, to sh- a single guy, to shift into a married guy. Uh, with permissions for his wife to be able to, you know, live with him together in their home in Hong Kong. So, you know, circumstances change like that, that mean people um, have new problems arising. Uh, And then I talk about misfortunes. Well, let's say you're away on a trip and you lose your passport. Um, That's got your visa in it. Now, as it happens, you can travel back into Hong Kong if you're a resident uh, without uh, needing to present your passport to Hong Kong Immigration. You come in your Hong Kong identity card, as you know. Mm. But, you know, that passport needs to be replaced and that passport needs to get the Hong Kong Immigration stamp back in it uh, into the new passport that's replacing it. So there's a new problem that's arisen, uh, which is you need to get that new stamp endorsed, that alternate stamp endorsed in your passport, replacement stamp endorsed in your passport, I should say. Um, so, you know, we have a solution to that problem. It's called the Transfer of Endorsement Service. And, uh, uh, yeah, we, we, we know what that problem is and we've got the perfect solution for it. Mm, okay. Right. Where to next, good sir? Well, um, 
essentially, I think next up is the notion of um, how you go about sort of solving problems. Now we know, you know, where to identify, how to identify the problem, but how do you go about um, solving it? So mm. very simply, you identify the problem and then by asking the right questions uh, and then observing what emerges, um, then you analyze the problem and then you identify your decision criteria mm. and you develop basically multiple solutions to the problem uh, and once you've gone through that process and you've got various solutions to choose from, you choose the best one and then you go after it. Okay, so now, now all of that, of course, is 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 sort of comes with a dose of well, a significant dollop, I should say, of intuition based mm. on experience too. Yeah, now, please. Now, in, in in creating your your content uh, platform, do you try and establish? the problems that people can expect to have and then write content to solve those problems. Exactly. Well, the whole website proposition exists to solve, you know, uh, a general area of problems arising in any particular niche. Mm. And then each individual constituent part of that platform all at one level or another forms part of the solution to a particular problem or gives you the answer directly to a particular problem and in turn those um, general areas of sort of problems that people have have got the uh, solutions and the source of solutions all congregated together around them so it becomes very easy and intuitive to sit yourself or cite yourself amongst all this material that's generally related to your problem and very quickly be able to get the exact solution to the problem or the exact answer you need to the problem because the content platform is sufficiently sizable enough now to, for, to allow anyone to get the answer to whatever question that they've got or the solution to the problem that they have within three clicks of entering our websites. Hmm. Okay. Now, I've, I've been uh, down to Durban on Tuesday and met with a prospective new client who's looking at changing their restaurant and we've got to do it from the front door to the back door and everything else. In creating a website platform for them, how would you suggest I go about identifying the problems that people would encounter if they wanted to eat? The first one would obviously be hunger. The second one would be the need to entertain. Now, how would you do a proposal? Uh, or What would you put on your website to actually say, right, these are the problems we solve for you? Hunger being the first one, of course. Well, 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 hang, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, I'm not sure that your website answer, solves a problem of people's hunger. The solution to the hunger problem is the food that you put in front of them Absolutely. once they've order is ready and prepared. So, so that's not the problem that's being solved here, uh, in terms of the use of the website. You've got to ask yourself first. You know, what's your what's your offline proposition? And then how can you use all the latent capabilities of the internet to develop a parallel online proposition that represents your ability to sort of have a, a or forge either a brand experience or the genesis of a relationship with people prior to them stepping foot in the, uh, in, in, in the venue. So, mm. so uh, it seems, it seems to me that, you know, you, you develop your offline proposition that you, you know, well, well, better than most people in the world, I believe given your capabilities and oh. i say that you know in, in all uh, in all good all good faith sir, and, very good and taken job. with gratitude but, but, sir. 
but yeah, so you know, you develop your offline concept and you say, right, now how can we expand the offline concept into in, in, into the realm of online uh, to expand the experience and, uh, and and do something interesting, different, and remarkable? Uh, and then at that point, once you've once you've identified kind of what you think that might like what what that thing thing might look like you've got to ask yourself when well ultimately you know what's the purpose of this and what solution what problem is being solved here um and in the restaurant game you know the the problems that you'll be solving by the website are very very probably very different from what you what you imagine they are once you've really thought about it hmm. yeah i was trying to explain in in our field a website is not something really that you use in f and b People will go the first time, they'll find out what your menu is, they'll find out where you're located, and once they go there, they never, ever go back to your website. Well, there you go. So, you know, you, you start thinking about that phenomenon, and then you say, well, how are most people going to kind of have their first interaction with your brand? There's a very good chance that it's going to be via the website, right? Because most people these days will go have a look at a, a restaurant's website, even if it's just to check out the menu and to make sure, you know, they, they like the look of it without being too seriously committed to to it. Yeah. But but let's say if you understand that people are going to go onto your website once, then there you've got an opportunity to think, well, you know, how can we use the fact that they're on a website right now as a means to get them to to, to, to move to the next level and actually make a booking. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and there, could be, there could be interesting things that you can do at that point where, you know, like book, book if, you, if they've clicked a particular link that says something that's kind of a call to action on your part and you know that they're kind of interested in, in actually booking, um, you could offer a discount at that point. So, you know, reserve right now. The time is, put a timestamp next to it or to programmatically. The time is 2 p.m. Uh, if you make a reservation before 2.30, we guarantee you, you know, you get this percentage off or you get a half a bottle of wine or you get a whatever, a free cake. Or it's just something something that would represent an incentive for them to book there and then. Um, that's just one simple little sort of technique that you might want to incorporate into your online proposition that supports your offline proposition. Mm -hmm. And you start thinking that through from an experience perspective, you know, there could be all many, many different ways to sort of manage the whole sort of, you know, experience for them in the run into the, the, the event itself. Um, it might be that when they're booking via the web, site that you indicate during the booking process that it's for say a birthday party or an anniversary or something like this mm. knowing that that's the reason why people are coming you can then orchestrate the experience say 24 starting 24 hours before they um uh, you know before they're due to arrive just by sending sending them nice things via email or or indeed if you if they booked two weeks in advance a, a week before uh, you could do something. You might send them a card, a, a, a you know, a welcome card, or we're looking forward to seeing you, card. You know, there's things like that that you can anticipate to to make your offline proposition uh, be supported fully by the capabilities of the modern internet and and and, and, and build a relationship and an, uh, an online and offline all-round experience uh, for them that that makes them go away thinking, shit, that wasn't just you know a meal in a restaurant. That was something that I, you know, is remarkable. I remember that. I'm going to tell my friends about that. And you know, when it's out, when it's Aunt Sally's birthday in six months, we're going to do that again because she'll enjoy that. Mm. Good. End of rant.
No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just thinking of the benefit of getting them from from the website straight onto the social media because that's a, an easier place to update what you're doing all the time. Yeah, fine, great. The key thing is that you're doing the thinking behind this and you're wanting to merge the offline experience with what you've got on, you know, what, what, with what you can deliver online as well. Mm. Interesting time, sir. Coming up for the bottom of the hour, uh, are we good for next Friday? We certainly are, and I shall uh, not sleep properly between now and then <laughs> because I'll be <laughs> so excited. The prospect of doing it all over again, we need week in, week out. What are we going to do when we finish this, when we run out of the Monopoly material? Goodness gracious, we'll have to think about something else to talk about now. I, I, I am sure, sir, that you are a wealth, a well, a deep well of uh, information that I could tap into all the time. Have you got a nice outro for me this this week? You've let me down last couple of occasions. It's it's just music. Hang on about how about this? There you go. Mr. Barnes, thank you very much. You have an absolutely awesome weekend, sir. We'll catch up soon. Digital Bacon FM. I hope you now have more ideas about how to tackle the problems of your niche. So join us the next time out for 10 things that your competition is probably not doing. Thank you.